0: Thank you, Sava, for joining me and Steph on the Design Plug. I really appreciate it. I've been really excited because I think you're one of my best feel-good stories. So I wanted you to you know, share your story. How did you get into this field? Where are you now? And what's your experience been like?
1: Yeah. So um, started off as a geologist. That's what I studied in school um, and then had a geology job here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. For a couple years and then at some point i was realizing that that wasn't like fulfilling for me really and so i started to just like broaden my options of what else is out there i like research i like you know get into the nitty-gritty of things um and i started to hear a little bit about ux you know it's kind of a more popular field so i was just hearing murmurs around and so i was like okay let me look into it um I looked into it and I was like, oh wow, that's, it's cool. Like you're able to do research, you're able to like make real problem solving type changes for people. Um, and so, yeah, I just got really excited about it. I, you know, quit my job so that I can fully immerse myself in UX. Um, and then I gave myself basically a year. I told myself when I quit my job, I'm gonna give myself a year um, to get a UX job. And let's see how this goes. And so yeah. then I think it was honestly like a week or two after I quit my job, I met you, Everett, on a yeah. <laughs> <on our laughs> webinar, right? For like black UX designers or something like that. And you had said something about UX, the Academy. Um, and so I got intrigued and I basically reached out to you through the chat and, you know, talked a couple of times. And you um, basically brought me on to your program as a, um, the accelerated track because you because I told you about how like I had already been learning a lot Mm -hmm. because I was just so into it and so you kind of saw that I could just you know go into it and just try to learn even more and then get a job basically so yeah it was really cool um, to have that experience because I feel like that was the first like guidance I was having that wasn't Mm -hmm. just me like looking for things um -hmm. and so it was just really nice to have someone that's already in the industry that's also not just that you have the knowledge but you also want to help you know because you could ask people all the time for help but if they don't really want to it's not going to really be right (laughs) um but anyway so that was good it was like three or four months of learning under you um and then I basically at the same time was always just like networking with as many people as possible, just to figure out what the situation was with jobs, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, And so I did a a mock interview with a woman and she's like a UX designer and she used to work at IDEO. And so she's like, oh, I can open up my IDEO network to you. Um, And I said, okay, that sounds great. She just sent a message to her IDEO network saying, Saba's, you know, this, 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 that looking for a job type of thing um and so then another person in her network who works at target reached out to um me from that message and um just basically was like hey i want to meet you you sound pretty cool um so we met (laughs) a couple times she was very much about like first of all she's very much about like diversifying target because it's it is very white that's just they know (laughs) that yeah (laughs) Um, and then she also just thought my story was really compelling of like geology to UX and thought that I was just like you know the shit in a way she was just like really excited to bring me on and so we kind of just you know went back and forth she found there was an opening position not under her but in another department and so yeah I interviewed there Funny thing was I interviewed there and that wasn't even the job that I got because it was another job in another department that they were like, oh, actually, you probably fit here better. I ended up in the place that I actually like a lot. So it it worked out.
0: Nice. And so what's what's your official title right now?
1: Um, They call it product researcher, but we really call it amongst ourselves. We call ourselves UX researchers.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And obviously the geology background, you'd say, play a huge role in your ability to research and and figure things out. Would that be accurate saying that?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It's honestly, it's the same process. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the scientific method, you know, you get the question, you make a hypothesis, you think of how the best way to test that hypothesis, you go through the testing, you analyze it, um, you come back with the results, sometimes you redo it because, you know, maybe there was another way that you figured out would work better to analyze it um, and then that's it, you know, it's like the same, pretty much like if you have critical thinking skills, um, if you like just analyze things um, in a way that's able to like synthesize things and then you can communicate those findings, I feel like that's really what it takes for, re- for research, like any kind of research really.
0: Right. I'm so proud of where you are because it is wild how just even our connection happened. Right. You know, so we went to that Black and UX Twitter event and, you know, I'm in the chats and you reached out. And then, I mean, literally five minutes, five minutes after I gave you my email address, you emailed me. I was like, yo, what's up? And it's like I started sending you stuff and we talked. And, you know, yes, I think literally two weeks after you had quit your job. You were like, I'm dedicated to this. I'm doing this for a year. I, I, I'm ready. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I can really, I could see the passion. I can see the drive there. And can you tell me how, because before you got to me, you were, if I'm not mistaken, you were learning under Coursera and then like the Interaction Design Foundation, right? Right.
1: Yeah. And I had a mentor. I did both of those, like Coursera Um, I did like the University of Michigan courses through Coursera for UX and then Interaction Design Foundation. And then I had a mentor through, um, what was it, UXPA, so UX UX Professional Association, Um, and they do like a three-month mentorship program. So those were kind of the things that got me into it, and I started to understand a lot more about it. And then what I felt like I needed, though, was kind of like a little bit more guidance just from someone that was in the field. So, yeah.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So what is different from the time that you were learning with me and where you are now? Did I try to at least tell you some of the things that you've experienced or were there things that you just ever, never mentioned this? I got to, I got to swim here. Like, (laughs) was there anything like that? (laughs)
1: Um, I feel like like a lot of the research, um, like like user interviews, for example, like interviewing users, we didn't really go over that. So that's maybe one of the things I can think of top of my head. That's like, I just had to figure that out once I got there, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I feel like a part of like any job is like, you're never going to be hundred percent prepared, no matter how many questions you ask of somebody, no matter how much someone like thinks they're telling you all the things, there's just no way to be hundred percent prepared. So yeah, I felt like I was prepared enough to like start and then i knew i was going to be learning a lot on the job.
0: Right. Right. What is the most surprising thing that you've encountered being on the job in the real world that's positive?
1: I feel like the the fact that like UX people actually are really good people. Like i feel like cuz i was in geology before and it's not that people were terrible in geology, but it's just like a different um like people ux people in general that i've met have been actually empathetic which is like a part of the job like you're supposed to think how other people are thinking and feeling um and so i feel like it does translate into how you interact with your coworkers too and that's at least been my experience at target i feel like every single person in ux that i've talked to and i've been able to talk to them like easily and feel like i can have a conversation that is going to go somewhere um whereas like other jobs i've had it's not been as many people like it's not that all the people were terrible or anything but has not been as many people that i felt were personable and able to have a you know productive conversation
0: gotcha okay okay now the flip side the negative side what was something that that caught you off guard and surprised you and it's like, gosh, damn, I didn't I didn't expect that one.
1: <laughs> the things that come up in the middle of you trying to run an experiment, basically, so like with with geology and with I was doing like water resources, natural resources type of things. You know, it's inanimate objects and you just go to the rock formation and you, you know, study it and then you go to the lab. Like it's all very kind of dependent on you like you're the only one that's doing that um but when it's you know you're either doing a survey or you're doing an interview with somebody or whatever it is you also have to rely on that participant basically to like come prepared and like there's no glitches with the software so that's something that's like the little things that come up in the middle of you trying to conduct the research um that was something that surprised me or I guess I wasn't like completely thinking about when I got into
2: it one of my biggest questions is like how did you how did you go about securing your first role at at uh at target because I know the grind getting that first job like for myself it took me a good almost a year Uh, so everyone's journey is a little different so I would definitely like to kind of get an insight on uh, what you did to secure that first role and kind of how you felt when you secured it
1: man that was amazing it was so like the whole interview process was so stretched out or at least compared to what I had ever done before and I don't know if that's like a big corporation thing or what but it I feel like it was like a three-month thing and so maybe like midway through yeah maybe like midway through it I was just like I don't even know if I'm gonna get this like should I and I felt like I was putting a lot of eggs in that basket too so I was like should I try to like look elsewhere (laughs) um so once i finally 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 got the call oh and actually what's funny is like i was saying like i interviewed with one group and then i got Mm. the job for the other group so i was working with two different recruiters for the two different groups and so what happened was the recruiter that rejected me rejected me first (laughs) (laughs) so I i was like oh and she didn't tell me like anything else um and so then the next day is when I got the actual phone call so it was very much like it felt like a roller coaster in a way of like I was rejected and I was like I don't even know if I have the other one and then I finally got that call and it was pure elation because it was just like you know it was awesome I felt amazing yeah and Mm -hmm. so I just was like trying to meet as many people in UX as possible um and then I did a mock interview with a woman who does UX and she like opened up her network uh, at IDO to me and just like kind of put a little blurb in her IDO like Slack network channel um, about me and said that I'm looking for jobs basically. And then someone that works at Target that used to work with her IDO reached out to me through that. And then we just started talking um, and she was just like super excited for me to apply. And so she referred me to um, the job that was open. And that's kind of how I like, got in basically and then you know went through the the whole um interview process and all that um and then yeah it felt amazing it was it was like because it was a six month pretty much process from like quitting my old job to then securing the target job was like six months. So it was, it felt like a long time. And so once I finally got it, I was just like, so excited.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's so awesome. It sounds very similar to my story. It makes me realize how important relationships in your career and especially in this design industry is Mm -hmm. Um, Because my first two design jobs literally got from referrals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times People who are new to design and UX, they go and LinkedIn, Glassdoor, and they just start applying, 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 and they wonder why they're not getting anything anything back. And one thing that I like about what you did is you networked, you met people, you probably LinkedIn messaged people asking questions, being curious. That's really the way to go about it.
1: Like, I I feel like pretty quickly, I was starting to understand that it was a very relationship based type of industry. Um, And I don't. I don't even remember how I like caught onto it, but I could just tell like I would go to webinars and stuff like that and people would just be like, reach out to me, talk to whatever. And you can tell people just wanted to like keep connecting to people to, you know, increase their, increase their relationship base, but also like increase your um, probability of getting a job basically, right? Wow. And um, yeah, I started to catch on to that and that's when I was like, all right, I'm gonna go full force. Like you said, like LinkedIn message people, like just, went to like every webinar and then if I saw someone on a webinar like this is how I met Everett if I saw someone on a webinar that I thought I wanted to connect with I would just reach right out to them um so it's like that's the way I kept like meeting people it's like just through webinars a lot of times too um and then yeah from there it was just like okay I'm just meeting you know a couple people maybe it was like a personal week I feel like at some point it was like a lot of different people I was meeting um and that's really what it came to was like networking and you hear the stats all the time too of like if you just throw your resume out there so many times it's not what's going to happen especially in this field that's so competitive and there's Mm -hmm. like 800 people applying to one job you really think your resume is like that stellar (laughs) that you're about to be from that haystack of 800 resumes so you have to know somebody you know it's just what it is
0: sab i want to ask you a a real question right because i think i want to dispel this myth that you know you take a course and then boom you're in right and and overlook you know just the amount of investment you're actually putting into yourself if you could put a dollar amount rough estimate to how much you spent in that six month time span that it took from you quitting your job to investing yourself and securing your first role what would that number be i
1: feel like it was maybe approaching three thousand
0: to 000. Yeah, would you say that that investment was worth it?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, my increase in salary. I did the math, and my increase mm-hmm. in salary was like fifty-three percent or something
2: from your old job. Yeah, from my old job. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is wild.
1: Yeah. so <laughs> i made crazy. What I spent like. Time's over, you know? Time (laughs)
2: checks different.
1: It does. It hit
0: different, don't it? It
2: hit different. different.
0: Oh, my God. I
1: remember Everett saying that, too. He was like, yeah, you're going to make way more than what you're making. And so it's worth it. I was like, okay.
0: I had a conversation yesterday with a student of mine, Greg Rutledge, who's now at PayPal, right? He was just literally talking like, dude, a couple years ago, I was making $38,000 a year. And that was working double shifts at places like three jobs. Yesterday, he got his first big check as he crossed over six figures. He had never seen that amount of money before. And it just kind of shook him. And he's like, you know, I still don't know if I can accept it yet. I said, it'll take you roughly around four <laughs> months and then you'll be all right. But it's... It is wild to think <laughs> that you went into debt, maybe three grand, and then you got a job at six months and paid that back 10 times over. When we're, people are going to college right. and amassing all kinds of debt, it's just wild.
1: Yeah, no, I feel like people get really freaked out when they see the price tag on a lot of the tools and ways to learn UX, when they see that kind of high price tag of like 10000 8000 But when you think about college anything about that's like less than a semester i feel like at a college right um and so you spend all that money all that time that's another thing it's like four years if you convert that to money is a lot of money also that you're missing out on because you're not working right and it's just like a lot of time a lot of money spent at college and then the degree isn't even worth much really I mean unless you go to a degree that's directly like you know exactly what the job is about to be afterwards but there's so many degrees like geology for instance like that's what I did and it's not a straight path at all it's like okay you got the degree okay now you have to like take this test to then become a professional geologist. like it's all this other stuff and so the fact that there's all these like ways that you can get into UX that is pretty relatively cheap compared to college and then you make way more than a lot of jobs you might get from going to college it's just yeah it's just insane
0: (laughs) it's no brain
2: it's i think one of the reasons why um ever me me and ever doing this podcast is really to expose people to this because i i really wish i knew about this five years ago Mm -hmm. right when i was 23 i really wish I would have known about UX when I was 23, because I would have been way further in my career, been making way more money and all sorts of things, right? And I think a lot of times people, they just, they just don't know, they don't have the exposure,
1: right? You know, exactly. And that's, I'm trying to on my own to do a similar thing of just like, always reaching out to people that I know that are younger, that don't know what they want to do yet. And, or just some people like reach out to me through LinkedIn, like we were talking about before, like, because they see that I do UX, and then I'm just like, oh yeah, it's definitely worth it, and I try to, you know, make sure people know, and especially, like, our people, because even more so, like, have less access to, like, knowing about these kind of, like, techie jobs, like, we, at least I can speak for myself, like, I didn't have anybody in tech, really, that I knew growing up, or even in college, like, no one was talking about tech that much around, so, like, just spreading the word that you can have because another one is like data science too. Like UX, data science, both of those. Yes. You really go for three, six months learning and like networking, all that kind of stuff. And you can have a banging career. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Yeah.
2: yeah it's it's funny that you say data science because um the new job that i'm at is i'm on the data science team and the the, there's so many data science jobs Mm -hmm. it's actually insane exposing people to just tech in general engineering data science cloud engineering design yeah that's
1: the thing too is like colleges are behind on that too you know it's like that's why these these boot camps and all these things are coming up it's because colleges are way behind on any of those fields. And so I'm t- to spread the word to people like, you can do this, you know, mm-hmm. and make great money. You don't have to spend all this time going to college. I mean, if you want to also, if you want the college experience, sure, but think about this at the end of the day too.
2: That's for sure. I mean, I think one thing is that when I first heard of like tech and engineering and all that, it just sounds very, very intimidating. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Very, very intimidating and at the same time, you don't really see a lot of people like, like, you know, our people doing these type of jobs. So when you don't see people who re- you can relate to, you're like, ah, well, I'll do something else. You know? Right. Like, mm-hmm.
1: Tech is the future at the end of the day. It's like, it's not going anywhere. Like when I think back to when I was looking for geology jobs and I would look at like Indeed, for example, it's like 10 jobs. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing. Yeah. Ever. Of people paid, like 10 jobs and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. It's just, and then you look at UX. I feel like it's like hundreds of thousands of jobs come up and, and mm-hmm. then, you know, you have so much more opportunities. And then I was, I did a um, data science program actually, not that long ago, because I was just interested. I'm like, what is this about? Oh. And it's actually, um, it's called data science for all. And it is for like people of color, um, like LGBT people, just like people that are marginalized. Mm -hmm. and aren't in the space as much it was really good and it was just another example of like these spaces that we need to get into and like you said stuff like there's so many data science jobs (laughs) (laughs) and it's not as intimidating as it may seem like you're saying like it does seem intimidating and when i took the course i wasn't i was like i don't know anything about data science i don't know anything about coding like all that kind of stuff but they broke it down and that's all it is like break it down Like have somebody that can help you out, take the time on it and you can learn it. And then, you know, apply those skills.
2: Even Google just came out with their own data science, analytical project management courses, and that they're very, very affordable. So it's like, they're giving people more accessibility to all these high in, in demand jobs that are going to, they're constantly coming out. So, um go yeah, yeah. I'll always go back to that word exposure people just need to know about it at the mm-hmm. end of the day
1: yeah that's sure. huge actually i saw that my sister actually signed up for the project management one oh nice um, and yeah so i'll ask her how it goes i don't know but it's just you could tell the fact that google is doing that they're always looking for where the profit is so this is where the profit is right it's like this is where the money is it is yeah. ux data project management like Yeah.
0: So I want to highlight on some of the obstacles you've run into and how you've overcome them in your first role.
1: Yeah. um, Some obstacles. I feel like not conducting a lot of user research before is just like an obstacle to as I'm trying to think through like which approaches to take with things. Um, And, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier. It's like learning on the job is kind of what I'm doing. Um, with that but it definitely you know I feel like I'm back on like a training wheels bike (laughs) right now (laughs) where it's like there's a lot (laughs) there's a lot to learn um and I'm not fully like ready for the training wheels to come off maybe you know just yet um right but I feel like that and then I feel like um like not seeing people different people in the space that i'm in in the ux space i don't know if it's an obstacle but it's just like this observation i have where i'm just like you like you like we were saying earlier you don't see people that are um like you in like a higher position and so you can't like all the way um see yourself there right and so that's something that i'm trying to work with people in the space of like we need to hire more people of color um and then, yeah, I just feel like that's really it. It's like there's certain things I don't know yet that I'm going to have to learn on the job. And so it's just right. a little obstacle there. Um, and then, yeah, just some more diversity. <laughs> on
0: the gotcha. Day. Yeah, that it's, it is critical because, you know, having somebody that looks like you that's in positions higher than you, you're able to bounce off scenarios or experiences that you have with these you know with your peers and you can say hey man am i tripping for thinking that this felt like this when they said that or when they told me like it kind of feels like they're like targeting me a little bit like you need somebody that looks like you to be able to bounce that situation off of and because there are a bunch of microaggressions and other things that you know people aren't aware that they actually exhibit and I can't go to that person, you know, and and, and vent to them yeah. from my side. It's very tough to do that. Um, and you, Because you also don't want that to be used against you either. So it is very much important mm-hmm. to see people that are above you, that you can bounce ideas off of, um, at least at some point in your career, because I think it's very much important. But also, and that's where the the idea of having a community is also important, because maybe you don't see anybody directly at your company that looks like you above you but maybe somebody else who is in that position you're looking for but works somewhere else you can kind of bounce the situation off of them
1: right and yeah to that point too like allyship and having people in your community that actually are allies and there's a difference right between like someone that can say all the the good sounding things and like kind of You know repeat what you just said and make it seem like they just thought of it (laughs) kind of you know there's people like Mm -hmm. that um and then there's like actual allies and like the way that i've been trying to think about it as i'm in this new space is like as i'm talking to somebody if they bring up that there's not a lot of diversity or if they bring up like certain issues that like as a white person might not affect them um Mm -hmm. that's something that i I keep and I'm like, okay, they're probably, you know, down for the cause or whatever. And, um, like also if they say, you can reach out to me anytime, if you need anything, I got your back type of thing. Like that Uh, to me is super important as like the only, uh, black woman in the space, you know,
2: that's a hundred percent. I think having a psychological environment to speak on any type of issues is definitely super important because a lot of times you might feel like you can't say certain things or you can't be yourself because if you do, they will they might use that against you or you just don't feel very comfortable, you know, speaking to certain people in your organization. I'm saying this from firsthand experience, you know, the, the last place I left, it kind of felt I didn't really feel like it was a safe space for me to speak, be myself, um, and it was, uh, it kind of deteriorates your your um, your whole experience.
1: Another thing I did was I made a meeting with our chief diversity officer because I was just like, I just want to know her if there's ever any kind of, like, situation or anything. Like, I just wanted to, like, know her. And she actually was pretty down to earth. She's a, a Black woman, too, which that was another thing that was important to me. Like, as the chief diversity officer, I want you to be diverse yeah. um, and understand But um, anyway, so that was something that was important to me to do. And I feel I feel like even more safe and like able to come to her if there is any kind of issue that comes up um, in the future.
0: Now that you're in your first role and you're seeing certain things, obviously, you have a long way to go as far as, you know, moving up the ladder, because that's something you will do. Is there any specific. Title or role that you feel suits what you're trying to do in the future. Is there a leadership position that you see that yes, that's what I want, or are you still kind of learning those things?
1: A little of both. Like how it goes within my own role is like the next one up, senior, then lead, then director of research, right? And I personally want to move up to senior, and I like within a year, and I told that to my manager, and we. talked about it and um, she's supportive but she also is very much like we can't guarantee that right Mm -hmm. which makes sense so that's kind of like in the next year or so that's kind of my vision is to be senior researcher Um, and then from there I kind of just want to like go up that ladder of senior then lead and then maybe director um, if not there, there's a, what's interesting about target is like, there's multiple research sections in a way that do kind of similar research. Um, so this is like where I am, it's specifically like, um, target digital, like app and all that kind of stuff that target works on. And then I could potentially even move over to another part where it's like the people that work on the future of targets, like innovation, and they do a lot of similar work, um, types of work. And then I could even move over to like products, which is like the physical products um, and be researching over there. So that's something i thought about too, is like, there's a lot of room ways as well, like laterally, if, if I, you know, foresee that to be a, a better opportunity, but there's not like a title that I'm kind of aiming for per se.
2: Now, I do want to ask a question. So this might have already been answered, but how did you decide to be a researcher instead of being a designer? Is it because of your background in geology?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I initially, when I first heard about UX, I only really knew about design. Like I mm-hmm. only had heard of like UX design. Mm-hmm. And so that was like initially what I was like going in at. Um, and that's like kind of what me and Everett went over to was like design and a little bit of research too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like over time, and talking to more and more people, my actual learning of the design stuff, I was like, mm, I like research more. Yeah. Like designing and like thinking about pixels and being very like detailed, it's very detailed, you know? Um, and for me, I'm I've usually always like the big picture type of thinking. And that's what I really like about research is like, what's big picture, what's, what do we need to do? Rather, or like, you know, what do we need to help with? rather than what's the specific to do, I guess. Um, And so, yeah, it led to research by the end of that. And then talking to people too and asking for advice, a lot of people were like, you probably would have a better, easier time like going into research from your background. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay.
2: I've never personally worked with a dedicated researcher on my team. So like, how do you go about collaborating with designers and engineers and PMs, because generally I have to do the research and then, you know, do all the collaboration. So it'd be interesting to kind of get that perspective of how a researcher goes about, you know, working in that type of environment.
1: Yeah. So um, as a research team, we get like intake forms that are filled out by either designers um sometimes PMs, but usually it's not. And then sometimes we get from like site merchandising. And so like the site merchandising people are just people that like, you know, say that this is gonna be on the website and sometimes they have questions too. And so kind of how we work together is we get that initial intake form, we read it, we think about, um, is this a question that's a user research question yeah. to begin with? That was, that's like the first thought. Then we meet with the whoever it is. It's usually, a, let's say it's a designer. Um, so we meet with the UX designer that asked the question. We ask them more questions about it. And then we kind of collaborate from there of like, okay, it seems like we should do X. And then they say, awesome. Sometimes it's that they help out. Like you would do like what you do in general as a designer, you do some research too. Sometimes they help out, but sometimes it is like completely like only the researchers doing it and then we report back our results to the designer and then they go from there and so we don't really work with the, the engineers
2: got it that's beautiful <laughs> i can't wait to work with the,
0: with the researcher Wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. so steph you are um harboring some good news also so you recently acquired a new role um can you shed light on what it was like leaving your first role and getting your second one?
2: Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think for me, I kind of saw the writing on the wall around like month eight. And I knew based on a lot of the things I was learning and a lot of the designers I was talking to, giving me feedback on current situation I was in. I knew that it was kind of time to start looking for another role because when you see that a certain organization is doing things in a way that is not going to move them forward in a sense, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you, right? So um, for me, my job hunt, and I actually felt really kind of like guilty that I was even looking so early on um, because I was like, in my head, when I first got a job, I was so grateful because it was right before the pandemic literally a week before everything went remote. So I'm like, okay, like this is my first job. I'm gonna stay here for like a year and a half, two years. You know, it's gonna look good on my resume. But um, after I had some conversations with some VPs of product and some VPs of design, they were just telling me like, hey, this, you, you, can, you deserve better. You know, because for me, I felt like because this was my first job, I needed to stay there. But a lot of people kept telling me like, if, you, if, you, if you're already feeling this way, then it's time to bounce. And I, for anyone who's listened to this, if you're a designer, a researcher, and you're in a position that you feel like you're not gonna make progress, you need to start looking. So for me, around month eight or nine, actually, I started you know, slowly going on Indeed, slowly going on Glassdoor, LinkedIn, just kind of seeing what was out there. I wasn't really putting any type of applications out. And then towards like the end of 2020, after this big product and engineering meeting that we had, we have this big initiative for 2021. We were gonna hire like 20 engineers, we're gonna hire like five PMs and then no designers. I was like, oh, that that's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's it. Like that's that's when I knew, like, oh, it's time for me to go because the, the company in itself is focused on product and engineering, and design is just kind of to the wayside. And we were a design team of three. And you know, my manager, he was his first time managing. I was my first design job. The other designer, it was her first design job. So like, we didn't really know what was going on. After that meeting, I was like, all right, it's it's time for me to start like putting into my applications. So some of the work that I had done at the company, I started you know putting into my portfolio, my case studies, and I slowly started like LinkedIn. I started applying to jobs. I got some emails back, got a few interviews, but ultimately what ended up happening was kind of going back to what you mentioned before was relationships. Mm -hmm. So what had happened was um, I had built a relationship with some of the people at the company that I'm at now. And it wasn't on some like, oh, I'm trying to work here. So, you know, it was all genuine. It just kind of organically happened. I built those relationships with those people over time. Once a position ended up, you know, opening up, I was basically like the first people they thought of right and the the really good thing about creating these type of relationships is that instead of going through that whole recruiting process and all of that you go straight to the front door so (laughs) i went straight to like i didn't have to do any of that i didn't have to do any of that essentially what happened was the company i'm at right now clavio and i actually applied to this company three separate times I interviewed for them three separate times. The first one was in 2019, November 2019. I did like two rounds and I ended up not getting the position. I kept in contact with the design manager. Literally, like a year later, they announced Series C funding. And I was like, that's dope. Like, I know they're about to, you know, really grow into like a really big business. So I, you know, I DM'd her, like, not even on some like, oh, I'm trying to get a job or nothing. It was just like, congratulations. I know you guys are about to do some really, really dope stuff. One thing led to another interview with her. And then I had the next interview with other designers, also like a lead designer and senior designer, and she was on the call also. I ended up not getting that role. I was like, damn, okay, well, I I, I want to I work here, but I know maybe I still need some, some more experience. So um, just positive attitude, didn't really think anything of it. I told her like, the next time I apply, I'm going I'm to be on my A game. Two months later, a role opened up on the data science team. And the first person she thought of was me. And because I had already interviewed with them twice, I didn't have to go through the recruiter and then the, the portfolio review. I went to the very last step. I prepared for it, interviewed with five people. I aced it and I got the offer the next day. I couldn't even believe it. But at the same time, it was like, there was like this guilt, like, oh man, like I'm about to leave this company. At the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you. The way I left was very professional. I did everything I needed to do. Two weeks, resignation letter. Yeah, it was a great feeling.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Congrats
2: appreciate it appreciate it
1: that's so true about keeping those relationships for like long term and it's not just about like hitting someone up as soon as they post a job and then you say oh I'm interested because a lot of times they're like okay who are you (laughs) Mm -hmm. and if it's just like you're just friends with a lot of different people Mm -hmm. that are in the community and they know your work and like all that kind of stuff and they'll think of you like you said like someone thought of you for the job it wasn't that you even like hit them up the job mm-hmm. so that's
0: really awesome. something that you touched on i definitely want to hit on is like the guilt you feel like when you're about to leave mm-hmm. a company right like it's really really hard because you care like we care and we are in the trenches building something together and then now it's okay i gotta i gotta take myself out of this situation and it's all for the growth of your career That's one of the things you have to keep in mind. Like, look, this is your career here. You have to think of yourself as your own company. Like you are your company. You're engaging in a partnership with the company that hired you. Okay. At any point in time, they can terminate that partnership. So can you. It's going to be tough. However, you're going to the next partnership that's gonna propel your brand, your company, yourself. So you just have to keep that in mind. Leaving in the most professional, classy way possible, whether that is going above and beyond to leaving behind a piece of documentation or something for your design team to let you know, hey, this is what my thought process was when I was working here. Maybe somebody can take that and run with this. Here are where all the design files are, like just leaving people in a good space. I don't know if it gets easier leaving the company and feeling the way that you feel because you invested time and resources with these people. I don't know if it gets easier, but it becomes more and more necessary when you think of yourself as your personal brand, your personal company. Your your journey thus far, um, kind of give you know a little bit of you know just reflection on that, and you know any advice to someone who was maybe in your position. Um, obviously, it's come to UXD. Period. What is your piece of <laughs> period? <laughs> period. <laughs> For the Saba that's at home listening to this, what is your advice to her?
1: I guess a bit of reflection would be like for a very, very beginner person, like just came into UX, you have a lot of skills that you don't think you have that Mm. are so much that will work in UX very well. Um, Like, honestly, I can't think of any job, like you can come from a lot of different jobs, a lot of different careers and you get so many skills from those careers even work on projects within those careers that kind of like touch on ux things especially if you work with people that use what you're working for right um because that's how it was for me is i when i first started i was like oh i know nothing about ux i don't have any kind of skill that is related and all that kind of stuff and then as i learned more and more about it and reflected on what i had done in my career i was like oh yeah i worked on this one project that was very like similar um just didn't use the same terminology or I just like have these certain skills, like in research that can move over to UX research, like all that kind of stuff. And so I would say to people that are just starting out, like, believe that, just believe that. And like, think through what skills do you have and then look at what the skills are needed for UX and see how that actually does um, converge. Mm -hmm. And then I guess too, is like we were saying earlier is investing in yourself with it. and I've, I've talked to different friends actually about this because I have some friends who are like thinking about it and then they look at price tags of stuff and they're just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just say like, it's gonna be, if you really wanna do it, like if it's something that you actually really are interested in and really like, it's mm-hmm. worth it. It's like, it's that price tag isn't anything compared to what you're gonna make. Um, and you're gonna also enjoy what you do. So why not, you know? Um, and then- I feel like too, just believing that you can do the job, like I think we had mentioned this before too, is like you're never gonna be fully prepared for any job. Yes, facts. Right? That's just any job ever. And I think a lot of people get stuck in, oh, I need to learn this, 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 I need to read this book, I need to talk, I need to like learn, learn, learn. And then you get stuck there. You don't know mm-hmm. where the like transitionary phase is work. And so I would say like, you can start working before you think you can, honestly. (laughs) Like um, just start and that's where you learn a lot because now you're practicing real time, like on real stuff that really matters. And so you're gonna put in real work, like, and that's the best kind of practice. And there's always like safety nets for that. Like you're not gonna ruin the whole company because you forgot to like do one process. And there's other people that work there, hopefully (laughs) that know more. (laughs) Um, that companies like built in a way that you know can a- account for that kind of stuff um, so don't you know don't think that you can't do stuff and it's kind of kind of you know goes into that thought process of um, imposter syndrome in a way yeah. and mm-hmm. I it just that irks me so much when people say they have imposter I'm like no <laughs> no okay like you can do it there's no reason you should have mm-hmm. this imposter syndrome you can do it like just put your effort towards it break things down ask questions a lot of people that you work for will be mostly understanding because you're newer um so just do that you know learn what you can um but yeah i think that's that's some of the advice i would give and yeah just keep learning keep growing keep trying for stuff you know
0: thank you saba well i i really appreciate it saba i'm really proud of you